like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bacon oh, yeah, oil? bacon oil is trash, yeah. No, I won't But do if it. I make something very light, like maduros or tostones, I put the pan right in the oven with the oil, and I'm well, like, this is should. ghetto as hell. <laughs> At least I don't put it in a mason jar and shit and try to, like, recycle <laughs> it from there. I'm Honey German. My parents are Dominican. I was born and raised in New York City. I love sneakers, and I'm a body-positive advocate. I'm Carolina Bermudez. Soy Nicaragüense, but I was born and raised in Ohio. I'm a wife, a mama, and a worker bee. This This is is Life in Spanglish. Good morning, Carolina. Good morning, honey. I'm about to sabotage your trip. You are not. What trip? Girl. Which trip? Well, by the way, uh, that's Honey German. And that's Carolina Bermudez over there on the <laughs> other side. About to sabotage your life. My life? I what got. We, talk to me. I got a shipment today. What kind of shipment? Girl Scout cookies. Please don't do that. And I know you're leaving in like three weeks. <laughs> Yo, look, I'm having um, I'm having green tea for breakfast. We're like doing the 12 hour fasting situation. Me and my girlfriends, everybody who's going on the trip, right? Our stomachs need to be on flat, flat. So we're like doing nothing. <laughs> we're doing nothing but water and tea till noon. So you don't want any caramel delights? Well, you know, I'm pretty sure I can hoard them until yeah. after the trip. You know, I so would... yeah, I'll take those. I was watching your Instagram story and I saw Ashley sent you one of those like animated kind of uh, talking heads uh-huh. and she was like, only green tea or water girls. Yep. I said, oh, I'm about to fuck her up right now. I just got my Girl Scout shipment. And here you are. Re- here I am. Ready to thicken me up. No, you know what, honey? I am so excited for you. I can't wait to see what kind of outfits you're going to be wearing. You know what's crazy? It's like I just bring a bunch of clothes and then I put them together there. Do you But really? everybody assumes I like strategically plan all my outfits and my friend Lily and she's like, yeah, you know, we gotta get our outfits in order because I don't honey, have time for that. I'm like, listen, I just throw in a bunch of clothes that would might work. go together, yeah. yeah. Or I, and I like to pick like color schemes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, we're gonna do neon. Throw a bunch of neon shit in the suitcase, like your neutral heels or your clear heels, because that way it's That'll like you can go. work with every single outfit, mm-hmm. even though your toes are gonna be barking at the end. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm getting so old. I went to a bar mitzvah uh-huh. this past week. When I tell you on Sunday. 
my hips hurt. Not your my hips, knee, Carolina. Girl, you're lying. I, you're such a I good shape. I swear shakes. to you, my hips were hurting. I took some leave. I said to my husband, can you go and get me an ice pack or something? I was like, oh, man. I was like. From dancing or just standing? From dancing. Oh, my that's good. Okay. okay, so yeah. that's, at least you had fun. In heels. So that's what I'm going to. This is a public service announcement to women. Do you know Victoria Beckham says that she rarely wears heels anymore? For real? Because they messed her up so bad. Well, heels. she stayed in a damn stiletto like her whole life existence she was in, in heels. As she should as posh but well, that's, no pressure. <laughs> but no it was so funny because I was like thinking to myself man I used to wear my superstars my Adidas and just like not give a crap what anybody thinks yeah. but it was a formal event and I paid for it. I even did the old woman thing where you grab onto the coffee table what did you do? Girl, I did not was throwing stop it back? dancing. I was throwing it back. I mean, did I was- Did you do any line dancing? I hate all those dances. The cha-cha slide. No, the no, no. pokey. No, this was not that kind of a, of a party. They didn't have fun fun? Crazy oh, fun? No, this was like, this was very, very sophisticated. Oh, okay. I okay. didn't know how I got on this list. Oh, you threw me off with all this <laughs> dancing. You know, sophisticated people be sitting the whole time. I'm over here thinking you were like in a bag. We turned it. It up it was so amazing so i was thinking of you when i was in the shower oh well <laughs> you know okay, <laughs> hold on let me flip my hair <laughs> because i want to know honey german did you ever have a full bottle of shampoo or conditioner growing up in the house mm-hmm. how well maybe the first day it came out the first but, that, day, but right? that was about it and it was always tresemme because we were like three no we were four women in the house oh so no you guys had some like good shit in your house then. that was good the i felt swab, like that was girl you don't know anything if you haven't used the suave well first of all suave is like borderline water or- Anything, like anything suave white rain i use white rain <laughs> god damn not even pantene <laughs> so i was thinking to myself because well now i use Orabe. by the way they're not oh, paying for this okay. but i did like the thing where i grew went growing up uh-huh. i had a little bit left i said oh no hell no i gotta wash my hair put put it right up to the shower oh, of course threw the water right in there shook that puppy right up especially if it's Oribe. <laughs> we're mean, not letting none of it go to waste i am trying to scrape the sides i need the uh what is that called the uh scoop daddy or something uh, like that so, again I, listen i use moroccan oil so you can only imagine i right. need every single ounce of that shit but was your mom like that because my mom would of course be like, my mom was like that vaya ponerle un poquito de agua Listen, when the Palmolive um, uh, um, dishwashing detergent was almost finished, right. my mom would be like, there is plenty. Put water. She was like, you guys don't know what the struggle is. I've even put water in lotion. Yeah, of course. And you know what? It goes on nice and smooth. It really does. It's a little bit more watery, but nah, man. Listen, we're using everything to the core. Even now, yeah. when I have my body washes, when it's almost finished, I no longer put it right side up. It's face down. Face down. So that I can get every single... What about my two? Up. I have the little thing that you slide up the all the way through. Yes. Hells, yes. But see, that's the thing. It's like, why are we so, like... I don't cheap? want to, it's not but it's not cheap I don't think it. I would say it's more frugal yeah. but then you know you see us and we wear beautiful things like I mean I saw you yeah. you were out in a gorgeous jacket the other day you know and it's like you we buy these, nice things but then we want to use the last little bit of toothpaste but then you scrimp and pinch everywhere else listen that's because of the things our parents taught us you know it was just we were a lot yeah. And we had to make sure that every single little bit of everything was used. And stretched. Like, the lights. You know, I caught myself the other day saying to my kids, 
turn off the lights <laughs> because it's like the lights everywhere. And then I thought about it to myself. And you know what I even went around and did? That- what you did? You started unplugging stuff? Girl, Carolina. How many times? Carolina, do you stop, leave? stop. You how were like unplug. <laughs> Before I go on vacation, I'd be doing that though. I'd be like, all oh, this stuff's gonna be sucking light while we gone. Right, but then here's my question. Mm-hmm. My son has like one of those little Nintendo DS, and so that charger was in the, in the outlet, but there was nothing charging okay. to it. So, okay. But I heard that it still takes a charge, even if you're doing that, that you should unplug it anyway. I've heard that too. I've heard that too. But I really don't think that's what's killing us with the light bill. I think it's when the summertime comes and we have the central air going 24 hours a day for three months. Not in my house. I think that's where the problem comes in. Nope. At. The air gives you a cold. No, open up the door. Get out of here for real. Yeah, let the breeze hit you. Listen, from Memorial Day to Labor Day, I don't turn off the AC. I swear <laughs> really? to God. Yeah. I always catch a cold. I'm telling you, I'm like a little old lady. I really? need a scarf around my neck. I'll walk around with a scarf around my neck. I'm always freezing. Oh, God. So, I know who you are. I'm that girl. I am that. I have a pair of house Uggs. And you know they're not the real Uggs. They're like the bear paws. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't wear shoes in my house. So I'll walk around with like my bear paws and like, you know. Because yeah. those don't leave the house. Of course not. No. They'll get dirty if they leave the house. But I, I just don't understand, like, how you're influenced by your parents. And then later on, like, you know, when you're growing up, you think, like, gosh, like, get off my back. Like, geez, leave me alone. And then now look at me doing the same damn thing. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. I still do all the things that my mom does. I swear to God, my rice is in soda cracker containers. The big green tin, that's where I have my rice. As it should be. Because I'm not throwing away that tin. That's a perfectly good tin. Right? And my shopping bags, I have all my shopping bags, whether they be um, plastic or paper. I'm using them for something. We don't need a recycling center. Want to know why? Because we recycle in our home. I actually just had Trader Joe's, the chocolate chip cookies, those little tiny. Do you get a Trader Joe's, girl? Of course. Those dusty cookies, they're so hard and crunchy. And God forbid you eat them them. in bed. I love them, too. My kids love them. And so they finished one of those things. It's a big tub. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I said uh, to Oti, to their nini, I said, no, no, no. I said, eso lo vamos a guardar. Keep that tub. Yeah, Podemos poner unos Legos ahí. And I told her, I said, we'll throw some Legos in there mm-hmm. bring them downstairs that's a lego receptacle now yes it is you know these people i saw one of the moms that i go to uh my one of my kids goes to school with her kid they have these like beautiful little containers for legos like and and you can tell it's the lego container because they it bought it at the like lego, lego store full price gorgeous just beautiful not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> the cookie container is going to hold the Legos. That is correct. But I was just trying to think, like, what are some things now that you do that you're like, damn, I'm better than, like, why am I doing this? But then secretly you're like, I won. Saving all the plastic bags. Yeah. I have a whole drawer full of plastic bags. I don't know why. You'll use them one day. I used one last night. You yeah. know, somebody was in my house. I'm like, can I get a bag? I was like, yes, of, of course. course you could get a bag. And I went to my <laughs> bag drawer and I was like, here it is. I do a lot of different things. And I'm like, why am I still doing this? Like when I have that old, old toothpaste. And I'm like, we're not. Until I don't get the last little bit of toothpaste out of this, we're not going to throw it away. Can I give you a tip? What? Okay. When you're done rolling it out and you know that you Don't you tell know- me. Uh, don't tell me what I think you're going to tell me. Oh no, you go first and I'll tell you because this is like a pro tip. Don't tell do me you're going to tell makeup. me to get a scissor and cut it open. <laughs> you mad ratchet, Carolina. You are so ratchet. No, but here's 
the trick. Here's the trick. You gotta cut it close to the top, right? Uh huh. Because you gotta you gotta cover it up. You don't want like you know you don't want it oh, to. Oh, because we're gonna use out. it more after oh, we cut absolutely. it. Absolutely. I thought that was like the last toothpaste situation. Absolutely. You cut the top off, uh, so then that can cover the bottom. And then you cut it in the middle, right? Uh-huh. Then you cut the middle, and hopefully, if you're following me, then you can get the stuff out from like the middle portion. But then you use the top to cover the bottom, Here we go. so that you can uh. continue to use it. That's another week. That, that's some real ratchet shit right there. You know, toothpaste is like $2. You know another thing that I do that Not I... Not my crest whitening. Oh, here we go. Now she got four ninety nine. You better go on Walmart it's and buy a bulk. I expensive. buy it at BJ's. Trust me, I don't care if that's expired. I'm like, good. That, that peroxide will work even better. Give it to me. You know what I do that's super like old school? I clean my ring with ketchup. Wait, what? Yes. I clean my wedding and engagement rings in ketchup because when I was young, you know, going to the jeweler to clean jewelry was like not a thing. And, you right. know, there was no jewelry cleaner cloth and, and electronic sonic machines. Electronic so my sonic. parents used to clean their jewelry in uh, in ketchup. I've never heard this before. What is the what is the reasoning behind it? There is some type of component in ketchup that makes the gold and the diamonds and everything Shine? super shiny and really? bright. Yes, and I still do that. And it's just like I need to stop. I have a whole sonic machine. I don't know where it is, but I have it. I'm like I should just you know shake up my jewelry while I brush my teeth. Do you know I'm gonna blow your mind right now? Do mm. you know how I wash my or how I clean my jewelry? How? Um, effortant. Denture, denture the, tabs. The denture tabs. For real. This girl told me? me super hot water and you put like half of it. Because you know I'm not using a whole tab. Of course not. <laughs> you won't cut it in half. I'm going to cut it in half. Sometimes into fours, okay? <laughs> um, Into quarters. So, yeah, you just put half of it in there. Super hot water. And then you let, because I guess the bubbles yeah. take off a lot of the dirt and grime. Then oh. you take it out and you use like a Q-tip or a toothpick. And it'll get all of that like lotion. Yeah. And all in the there. debris and Ooh. all that stuff. I mean, we are giving you the realness we right really now. We really are. We really, really are. You, I'm giving you all the tips. You know what's another thing that I do that I'm like, I have got to do better? What? I save old oil. So if I make tostones today, no, I save girl. it for tomorrow. I'm like, no, tomorrow I might fry something else. No, because you know why? First of all, I don't it put tastes it... better that way when okay. you use the old oil. It I'm, really not, does. I'm not disagreeing with you. I do the same thing. The only one, I draw the line at bacon. Bacon oh, yeah, oil? bacon oil is trash, yeah. No, I won't But do if it. I make something very light, like maduros or tostones, I put the pan right in the oven with the oil, and I'm well, like, this is should. ghetto as hell. <laughs> At least I don't put it in a mason jar and shit and try to, like, recycle <laughs> it from there. You do? I can't. I can't. I thought my level of ratchetness was, no. was at an all-time high. But see, I hide my ratchetness. <laughs> I, I pretend like I'm sophisticated. <laughs> you have a mason jar full of oil? Of course talk, I do. Talk about take from that. Take and from by that. the way, it's not a mason jar. It's that old jelly jar that I washed Never. out. Not Absolutely. a jelly jar. I'm done with you. Yeah, and it's not just any jelly because my husband is a little bit snooty. I buy the Bon Mar, Bon, Ma, bon Mama or something. Have oh, you ever no, tried it? No, I use Welch's grape. No, I got to hook you up. This is good. For real? No, for real. It's like and you, I love me a spread some jam some you know that's my this thing. is the realness you know where they serve it like at sarah baths so it's highfalutin oh okay i see what you're saying you gotta like buy it from a bougie restaurant yeah. to bring it home i think they no they have it at target they i'm gonna target? Oh, okay, I'm gonna up next time that target. <laughs> <laughs> no but i will and that's why my husband says to me he's like you buy a jug of oil yeah. from bj's mm-hmm. 
But you're saving oil. I said, could that, you could use that oil again. Ese aceite está bueno. I Mañana know. tú puedes freír otro plátano, tú puedes freír tu un, empanada, tu yeah. queso frito, un oh. chin de salami, everything. That old oil un is chin good. chin de salami, I love it. I love salami frito. Well, not anymore, because, you know, I'm like fake bougie and I gave up meat. I gave up meat a long time ago. I gave up meat like six years ago. Did you? Really? You don't eat any type of red meat? I eat um, white meat. I don't eat any pork and I don't eat any red meat. And so you're it was like amazing me. for my digestive system. Them. I um I actually gave up meat when I was like 14 years old. What? Terrible story. That's young. Terrible story. Oh god, I don't know if I want to hear yeah, it. Yeah, you probably don't want to hear it. I but um don't. terrible story. I ended up getting becoming a vegetarian. Just totally messed at myself 14? up. At 14, it was it was awful. Let's just put it this way. I had to visit a slaughterhouse. After I went there, I lived in Ohio, which oh, I wow. remind you guys. Yeah, yeah. that And, that would have left me traumatized too at 14. Absolutely. And so I I didn't do things the right way and so I was like trying to you know become a vegetarian so then i was like eating a bunch of carbs and you know whatever yeah, a bunch of junk yeah bunch of you junk. don't know what you're doing it's not like you're cooking at 14 yeah you're a kid or my mom would make me like rice and beans and i would survive off of that Yeah, you were just like, getting the sides honey nobody was making you no special meals no, oh are you kidding me talk about sauteed like, vegetables with tofu mm. hell no never in my life no <laughs> my mom wouldn't even buy tofu for me she would just be like if you want to do this madness like you get through it yourself i know <laughs> That's exactly it. Tú decides. And by the way, I'm saying that to my kids now too. <laughs> so anyway, um, I started incorporating white meats like fish and chicken into my diet. Mm -hmm. And then I just went full blown like ham. You were like pass a steak. I was just nuts. You Medium know what rare. it was when I got pregnant with my son Noah? You started feeding for meat? craving really the biggest most giant burger like i don't know why and i said like am i iron deficient i was a little bit anemic but nothing yeah. like crazy but nothing that'll make you crave a whole burger i made my husband take me to peter luger's like every other week they got the bomb cuts though. girl that you. bacon was just something to write home about <laughs> i'm not even kidding you so it's like i went through that whole thing like where i stopped and then i did the white meat and then i did you know the red meat mm -hmm. and now i don't know i i feel like i should but it's lent Do Do you observe Lent? Like, no, do I don't you, know. You, so you don't give anything up? I feel super deprived as it is when it comes to food yeah. and stuff like that. And I don't have vices. It's not like if I drink, I drink maybe once or twice a month. I don't smoke. What? Yeah, because I only drink if I go out and I feel like having a drink or I'm pressured into having a drink. <sighs> Alcohol has never been like a real um, like big part of my life. I think I always shied away from it and vices because mm -hmm. my father was an alcoholic oh, and he yeah. drank. And my father, you know, he was into drugs. You know, it was the 90s. So in, it's in actually it did did you a favor so I've it rejected completely it. turned you off it, it, I have and that, that'll bring me to, to maybe our next topic that we can discuss today like do you think that your kids can inherit you know certain DNA traits you know my mom always put it in our minds like oh you know your father was an alcoholic mm -hmm. I don't want any of you guys to drink your father you know played with drugs I don't want any of you guys to do it because I feel like that's in your DNA and you yeah. can potentially be just like him yeah do you think your kids can inherit you know those type of traits from, from a parent a million percent and it's actually backed by some Science. You know, your DNA, it is already decided for you when you're born. Like, that is it. So you could even have parents who are not drinkers, but because you have an uncle or you have a wow, yeah. grandfather. You know, they talk about um, different diseases, like uh, children who are predisposed to have, like, depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. like that. You know, my grandfather uh, was depressed a lot. 
you know, and especially more like as he got older. And my parents never understood because they don't suffer from mental illness. Like yeah. they don't have anything that they, you know, it wasn't passed ever along. Went or yeah. maybe it just it never like surfaced. Yes. And so when I used to tell them when I was like 13, 14, and, you know, I had mentioned to you that I lost my best friend, and I would say, I'm depressed. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, and I didn't even know that word. I would you say, didn't know what it was. I you would, just know how you felt. I would say to them, like, I feel like something's wrong. Like, I would just say to them, I, I don't feel right. Like, and, and they just had no idea how to deal with it because they had never gone through it themselves. So, mm -hmm. you know, I will tell you, I do believe that it does. It passes through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a drinker, as a person who has alcoholism in my family, um, I worry about that. But then I also say, like, I'm more responsible, I think. Like, I, I don't drink every day. I actually gave up wine for Lent. Oh, which you is, did? Yeah, yeah. That's because amazing good. I would find myself, like, at 4 or 5 o'clock, like, while I'm cooking dinner for the boys, like, I would always have, like, my one glass of wine. Did you, you know? feel like it was a treat, like, to yourself, or did you actually want it? Um, No, you know what it is? I feel like I just kind of got into the habit of, like, just every, you know, and not even every night, because some nights I wouldn't, mm -hmm. but I felt like it was just like, no, I'm getting a little too comfortable with this right now. Yeah. You know so what I mean? So you were able so to, I'm like, gonna, pull yourself back. Yeah. So um, somebody said, well, what are you going to drink now? And I said, tequila. <laughs> but, but I'm not, like, slamming. That's the Patron. I'm not slamming Patron on Tuesday night. You yeah, know what I'm you saying? Cannot. Yeah, Yeah. So it's like, you know, this past weekend we went out, and I had a couple of drinks, mm -hmm. but it's like now it's Monday Monday through Friday. I won't be drinking, and I think that it's going to yeah, kind of so shift my perspective. Yeah. yeah. But I do think it's like, you know, you look at families where – I have to be honest, I look at LeBron James and I think of his kids and I'm like, how hard is it going to be for these kids? Yes. Are they athletically inclined? Mm -hmm. Sure. Their dad's LeBron James, but they also got their mama's DNA. Yeah, they do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and like, that's where people think, oh, LeBron James's son, who's actually very talented, is going to surpass his dad. You don't know that. You don't know that. And I feel like that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. It is a lot of pressure. That's like Blue Ivy. Like everyone believes oh. that that child is going to be a musical genius. Yeah, but you know what? I think Blue Ivy is going to be running everybody. She I really is. Like, she is she really such a like sassy little girl. So and, you like, think Jay Z, Beyonce DNA is in her, and she's about to be probably like one of the best musicians in the world? Or do you think she might not even like music? That that's the thing. It's like you you never know. You never know. You never know. Or it could be that she like. I mean, she could go into something like science, or you know what I'm saying. It's yeah. like it's whatever. I think the best way for a parent to deal with something like that is to cultivate whatever talent your child like gravitates towards mm -hmm. so if your child loves science and math and stem throw them in all the classes you can you know mm -hmm. um my kids you know i'm i even said to mark before i'm gonna have my kids try everything and whatever they want to do they're gonna do let them pick yeah because that's another thing with parents i feel like sometimes they push their kids to do things that they never did mm -hmm. like in my family we were never allowed to do sports or any really? extracurricular activity. My mom, she was just really like an island person. Like she didn't see like, I want to be a cheerleader for what? Bring your ass home to clean. <laughs> or yeah, or really? like, I want to be part of the volleyball team. Yeah. No, you're not going to be part of the volleyball team. We have shit to do at home. You know, it was like. Well, I guess it would, I mean, to be fair to your mom, though, wasn't she a single mom for a while? She like, was. She My mom was, was a single forth. mom, and she used to work. So I guess she always wanted us just to go straight home after school. I guess it took away some of the stress of, like, thinking, where are the kids? Yeah. You know, so it's like we always went straight home. But a lot of parents, like, in my generation now, and, and even in my own family— mm -hmm. 
a lot of the kids, you know, we make them do things. We put them in sports because we never did it. No. It's like my niece did everything. My niece did baseball. My niece did um, karate. She did dance. She did soccer. She Mm-mm. did all the things we didn't want. We we never got to do. Yeah. And I really don't think she's going to do any of that stuff. You right. know, it's like, yeah, she played softball or like since she was a child. I, I don't think she's going to that do that in college or anything. But I think we kind of like forced it, I guess, because we never did anything. Right. And we supported it and we were super hyped that she was doing anything. Right. But I don't know if those were really her choices at any point. There's a great documentary that I just watched. It's so funny you're bringing this up. It's called In Search of Greatness. If you have the chance, check it out. I watched it on the plane, and it uh, follows Pele, Wayne Gretzky, and Jerry Rice. By the way, my co-host Cubby was like, you are the most random person I know. He's like, why are you watching sports documentaries? I said, because it's interesting. Listen, some of those people are amazing and sit, like, in in a seat of their own. Like, the greatest to ever do it. Wayne Gretzky? Like, you have to know how these people got to be, you know, the best tennis player of all time. Yes, they talked about Serena. How did she get there? There. Yep, and they, there's so many other tennis players. They did something different. Well, they said that it's they said that it's a combination, and I, I'm paraphrasing, but um, they said it's a combination of someone who has that passion and that fire to turn whatever it is that they're doing upside down. They think of doing it so differently, and they won't stop. It's like a rage that goes inside of them. And I'm like, <laughs> I could see Serena Williams was Venus the best for a while. Oh yeah, but even they they interviewed um, Serena's father in one of them, and he said he um you know. I'm not trying to compare my daughters. Venus is good, but Serena will Serena will be the best. Yeah. And I mean, it's just there's something innate. And they talk about DNA and uh, parents, how we're overscheduling our kids. And that's like the one thing that I will say my, with, with my children. And they even say that overscheduling children is one of the main causes of breakups for families. Because you're already stressed out with your own responsibilities. Yeah. Your mm-hmm. husband has his own responsibilities. Then if you have a kid or you have two kids and they're doing activities four or five times a week, forget it. Your relationship is non-existent at this point. When, uh, it, when at, do you connect? Even as a wife, yeah, because it's like you're, old, you're at work, then you're cleaning, you're yeah. cooking, and then you're the chauffeur for the kids and you're doing homework. Absolutely. I say I'm mommy Uber, you yeah. know, so we limit it to three things. The That's kids good. can do three things mm-hmm. and my kids do them together so noah and asher take tennis on mondays together together that's good so you're not like kind of like over over spending yourself exactly you know it's like one will be at tennis and then you're running to, to karate it's like what the hell yeah but you know what this documentary i'm telling you just in general just i as just like, brought it up i'm gonna make sure you I see should it. watch it yeah. because just as far as like and i know you you're such a hard worker and like we both have that same mentality yeah, that go-getter mentality mm-hmm. it gives you such insight into what it takes to be a champion and there are so many people out there who think because I didn't get to play, you know, basketball in college, you know, I'm going to make sure my kid goes to basketball. You want to know something? Wayne Gretzky even said it. His friends were going to the movies and his dad would be like, why aren't you going to the movies with your friends? He was like, no, he would be out in his backyard just hitting pucks for two hours straight in a row because he had that passion, that drive. You can't force that on someone. You really can't. And, and I say it all the time. The other day I asked my husband, I'm like, why do you think it happened for me? and it didn't happen for other people mm-hmm. because you know there's a lot of people with dreams you know sure of being on the radio of, yeah. of even even people that are on the radio of coming to new york and i asked him why do you think it happened for me and and maybe not someone else mm-hmm. and you know what he said he said bitch you were obsessed with this shit 
That's it. This is all you thought about. This is all you worked on for years. Coming back to something every few days and touching it doesn't make for a dream to come true. Right. He's like, it was going to happen for you because you only talked about this. And I, and I thought back and I'm like, you know what? He's right. I would wake up and that's all I talked about. And I want to be on the radio and I want to do radio and I want to do media and I yeah. want to do this. And I'm going to open up my own website and I'm going to do radio wherever I can grab a mic. And, you know, to the point that my family was probably sick of me i'm not even gonna lie to you yeah, i don't yeah. even know like how how bella and nooney did it because i was like every single day complaining and then working and they'd be like what are you doing for lunch oh no i'm doing my website for lunch and it was like it became an obsessive behavior and i kind of like said oh okay maybe that is why it happened because mm -hmm. it was a combination of like an obsessive behavior a dream that stayed in focus on a daily basis and a large chunk of hard work and a little bit of luck yes a little bit of luck and they addressed that being at the right place at the right time i feel like is key okay also just to go one further seizing the opportunity of course too often people they're in the right place at the right time meet the right people and then they're like okay this is cool i got this and then they don't do anything that's why you're you're incessant the grind like the what you were doing waking up living eating breathing it that's what makes a champion yeah and it's crazy because i was with thea on saturday and we were at um thea's our big big boss yes here. she's our, our, our super coach and we were together at a women in radio event mm -hmm. and you know i talked about uh when i started working here and she piggybacked off of that and she was like you know i interviewed honey and i told her this job barely pays anything and i was like it's okay yeah and she was like in six months you're barely gonna be making anything and i was like it's okay mm-hmm not a problem. Yeah. Just just give me the job. It. I got it. And then when I came here, um, I mentioned how I didn't do anything for like almost two years socially. Uh-huh. Like I came here and I was just like, okay, I'm gonna kill it. Another another area of obsessive behavior. Yeah. You know, and it's it's crazy. You just have to kind of like put it in your mind and, and just go crazy with it. Like totally. this is the only thing. Tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, and I think that that applies to any anything that you do, anything. you know? Yeah. Like, so whether it be nursing school whether it be opening up a business whether you're a paralegal you want to be a lawyer whatever it is that you want to do you have to have that mentality you do especially if you want to be the best that ever did it mm -hmm. you have to be focused you have to work day in and day out not come back every now and then like people tell me they want things and then i don't even hear them talking about it or working like oh i want to own my own business or i want to do a clothing line and then they talk to me about it like today and then i never see them right. work on anything for like three months and i'm like you really don't want a clothing line. yeah if you want to do a clothing line you better be over at the fabrics uh you know f picking out fabrics cutting your own stuff making your own you know what i mean yeah, like working course. with somebody who can or yeah. getting the best person on your team so i that's my homework assignment to you is go watch that documentary I, I i'm really gonna watch do it i just i just opened up a new tab um on my computer to it's, make sure because that's how I, that's, that's how, how i remind, remind myself of everything in search of greatness and I'm, I'm definitely gonna take a look at it and i think it's just so great for anybody who's listening if you have a little brother or if you have a little brother or sister or if you have like children even your husband or your wife like wh whatever it is you guys watch this together it'll shift your perspective on how to raise successful children they, uh, the doctor the scientist that was on it he said that we're not letting our kids be creative enough so it's like we're structuring them to the point where it's like well, well now what do I do yeah uh, you know what I, that's where the big difference is when I was younger my mom would never plan a play date for me I don't think I ever had a play date I, when I was had, younger. I don't know what a play date yeah was. I played with my brothers and that's sisters yeah 
yeah. Exactly. And so it's like, you know, I feel like that's kind of more of an American thing. And I think that it ties is. into the yeah. reason why we're doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like life in Spanglish. Like a lot of the things that my American, like the, I was born and raised here, but I think culturally it's very different. It is. Yeah. My, my mom would never take me to these mommy and me things like, you know, and I'm not faulting her for it. She just didn't know. That's not part of what she was raised like, you know, she didn't. Yeah, you know, and and I talk to my mom now, like as a as an adult, and she's like, you know, my mom was from un campo, yeah, in, in, in Dominican Republic. My mom had her kids at home. Yeah, my mom washed her clothes by hand. I didn't know no different. She's like, it's not that I didn't want to be a good mom. It's not that I didn't want to go shopping with you or, or, or talk to it's you true. about prom. It's just I was like, bottom line, basic. Well, it's like you like, don't know what you don't know. Exactly. You you can't expect somebody who doesn't know a certain way of living. Mm-hmm. To act a certain way. Yeah, it's like it's like my grandmother expected her daughters to just cook, clean, mm-hmm. and by like 18, find a husband Be married. And, and go off. Yes. You know, there was no encouragement of like, go to a university or, you know, we're going to do this. My mom tells me all the time, she's like, you know, me and my sisters shared like one lipstick. Did you, did your mom, and I don't want to interrupt mm-hmm. you, I'm sorry, no. but did your mom ever tell you what she ever wanted to be? Did your mom have dreams, like, as a daughter, or as, like, I'm sorry, did your mom have dreams as a little girl? Um, sometimes I think she wanted to be, like, a hairdresser, because she always, like, would buy hair salons and stuff like that, uh-huh. but my mom did go to school as an adult and became a psychologist. Wow! Yeah, like, in her 40s, my mom went back to college. That's amazing. And she got her degree. So she is like a child psychologist. How proud are you of your mom? I am super proud of my mom. And you know, it's crazy because it's like she was, we were all adults now and, and yeah. kind of like teens. And she was just like, okay, I'm going to go to college now. And I'm, she doesn't practice, which is weird. You know what? Maybe it was but just she got that the degree. she accomplished it. Mm-hmm. It might have been one of those things that was in the back of her mind and she always wanted it. I sat down with my mom one time when she came to come and help me with my boys. And I asked her, I said, mom, did you ever like, because my mom devoted her life to us yeah she never worked a day in her life never never earned a paycheck my mom um and she said that her payment was us you know i mean she did she and now it's her grandkids and so uh one day we were just sitting down we were having we were having a glass of wine together we were on the couch and i said to her i was like mom did you ever have a dream like when you were little like what did you want to be you know yeah and she got emotional and i feel like that was such a moment for us i can imagine it's a moment for me right now i know i I know even i'm getting like yeah um and she said to me she goes you know when I was a little girl I always dreamed of being a flight attendant oh my god and I said you did and mind you my mom has never traveled outside of like the United States like Nicaragua she's gone back several Mm -hmm. times but like you know never gone to Europe or anywhere you know that's been um kind of like her dream yeah and so I said to her I said mom I said you did she goes yeah she goes but then I got pregnant and you know I had to push those dreams aside she goes but I always always wanted to see the world and that's the reason why why when they turned my mom and dad turned 70 and 75 i said to my brothers we have to send her to europe that's amazing i said she's got to go i want her to experience it you mm-hmm. know but it's like you don't think and this is something that i tell my kids now because i never realized it until i was older you grow up or at least i did thinking your parents are perfect damn my mom got it right or they don't matter like their dreams or if they're yeah. sad oh, or I, anything. I, you that don't who, even think about that yeah. because they hold it together. You know, like I remember seeing my mom get upset. She would go into her room and she would cry and then she would come back out, like pulled all together. And then yeah. she would be like, okay, mama comer, mama hacer esto. You know, like she would just like get it together. Mm-hmm. 
but then now there are times where I'll mess up or Noah will say, mommy, you didn't do that. And I say, you know what, Noah, mommy's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. I don't want to set up this unrealistic expectation for my kids. Cause mm-hmm. like, not that I ever want to disappoint them, but I don't want them to be disappointed by the fact later on when they find out that, Hey, my mom and dad weren't perfect, yeah. you know? And so I just thought that was interesting to like circle back. And a lot of times women have to give up their dreams because they they're the ones that are left at home, they you do. know? Yeah. And or they're left as single moms and they have to provide and it's just and then it's like well when am I going to have time to finish a degree you know I need to make money now to support my family or you know that was a thing with my mom and another thing another thing that I feel like she sacrificed was um, being uh, emotional or showing any affection you know that's another conversation that I have with my mom all the time I'm like you know I don't remember you hugging me and I don't remember you kissing me and I don't remember you telling me you loved me or that I was special or that I had a gift Yeah, and she was just like you know, I had to be the man and I had to be the woman. I couldn't be the mushy mom you wanted me to be because and coddle you guys because I was like, you know, in Manhattan working at a factory trying to make ends meet and, yeah. you know, trying to see if I can get welfare to make sure you guys ate. So there was no. And it's crazy because it's like she's apologetic about it now. Yeah. Now my mom is 60 and now she's like, you know, she's so young. I want I want <gasps> a different dynamic. I want a different relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and she called like a meeting with like me and my sisters and we talked about that and we talked about the fact that our relationship is strained because we never felt loved by our mom oh it's so crazy and she said i had to sacrifice being a mom coddling you holding you telling you i love you telling you you were doing being amazing because i didn't have a dad to discipline i didn't have a dad to say you couldn't go i had to be that person i had to be the one to say you know you're not going go to sleep that's not possible you're not getting it so she had to sacrifice bonding with with three daughters in order to be able to just i guess raise us and and be successful at raising us parents make a lot a lot of sacrifices and i feel like she closed off her heart the whole time that she was raising us yeah in order not to be soft really and it sucks it really really sucks like i feel like if if my parents would have been together my mom would have been a totally different person i i don't i don't disagree it's I crazy. think that parents make huge sacrifices. But what what a moment for your mom to, yeah. you know, be able to that's huge for everybody. I mean, I, that had to give you a little bit of like comfort knowing that, you know, it wasn't something that you did that made her not feel that way. It was because she was trying to just raise you in the best way that yeah, she could. It's, it's crazy because like I always grew up like my mom doesn't love me because I never heard Right. I love you. You're special. You're going to be amazing. It yeah. was just always like, vete a la frega, vete a limpia. Bajate la falda. It was just always discipline, 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 discipline. It was never come lay in bed with me. Right. Come like, cuddle. You, come cuddle with yeah. me. Or you're, I love you. You're so special. I, I, you're going to be amazing. It was never, ever, ever that. Can I tell you something, mm-hmm. though? I think part of the reason why you are so successful is because of that. You think? I I really truly do. I really truly do. You know why? Because in the back of your mind, you were probably like, "Well, I'm going to show her." 100. percent I'm going to be 100 best. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know so what you're it's saying. like it was kind, like a show and prove type of thing. Almost exactly, and it's kind of like the reverse psychology thing, you know, where it's like she's not going to give you the validation. That's why a lot of kids are struggling right now. Let's be honest, America. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm keeping it real. You got all these parents out there telling their kids that they're so special. From the moment they wake up, yeah, exactly. But no, honey, this is this is a race out here. Oh yeah, when they come out to the real world 
and nobody's here to uh, nobody's you know, gonna stroke come and their hair and tell them they're amazing. Nobody's going to do it. And so I think that if anything, yeah, it might have been a bitter pill for you to swallow as a kid because mm-hmm. I can imagine that would have been hard or you may you might have wanted your mom to act a certain way. But I think that she groomed you for success. You know, she did. It, I was a tough I was tough since I was a child. Yeah. Well, because at home, it was just like, no. Right. There was no babying. There you was were no hugging. There was no willed. kissing. That's what they call them now, strong-willed. Yeah. I have two strong-willed children, <laughs> so I know. I always, I always say to my husband, I'm like, we look at them sometimes and laugh, and I say, Man, these we kids. We got our hands full. Me están sacando las canas, you know. But I said it's worth every single it second. Is. And now you have this amazing opportunity to like start fresh with your mom as an adult woman. Mm-hmm. As an adult woman, and let me tell you something: if you decide when you decide whatever you choose, that baby that yeah. you are gonna have, or you know that you I'm guys can smother have, my baby to death because. I- Girl, you won't be able to get to it because your mom is going to take that baby and be like, "Mm -mm, no, you go to work. I got you. Trust me. Everything that you think that you didn't get, your mom's going to give it to that baby. From your mouth to God's ears. I'm telling you. Oh, my gosh. So funny. Before we go. Yeah. Yesterday, Asher says to me, because I am, I'm a very cuddly mommy. I'm always kissing my boys. I tell them. I see you. I see how you are with them. I do. I do because I want them to know just that they are so special to me. Like whenever I leave, I tell them I love you with my whole heart. You know, be a good boy. That's amazing. You know, you've never made that mistake, which which comes along with ignorance of telling a kid like, Oh my God! I don't know why you exist. Like, oh yeah, no, you know, you know that's the thing. It's like I, but I heard that from uncles and aunts, and you know and it what comes I mean. With, with frustration, it comes yes. with poverty. It comes with struggling. It comes with there you know, are so many factors there. With, with being young, you know, my mom was like twenty four with like four kids, like girl, a twenty four year old girl. I look at them now. I'm like, you probably don't even know how to wash your ass. From, <laughs> from seventeen to twenty nine, my mom had six kids. 17 to 29, dude. I'm telling you. Those so were the best years of my life. <laughs> I know. Me too. I'm like 29. I was just starting to get right. Like <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but anyway, Asher says to me yesterday, because I always wake up on, on the weekends and I ask him, like, what do you want for breakfast? Mm-hmm. Let's have breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we plan our day. And Asher goes, Mommy, can I go back inside of your belly? Because I really liked it in there. Aww. I died. Imagine he remembers oh, or something. Oh, my gosh. I said to him, I said, Asher, my love. I said, you know what, Mommy, your mama loves you so much. Aww. And then I give him a hug. And, then I, and I'm always aware my Noah's right course, there. I said, my Noah, come here, You want to go love. in the belly, too? I know. I'm like, <laughs> get over here. And then we do like a big group hug. But yeah, man, I mean, listen, words are important. You know, the physical affection is super important. I think I think it's very, very, uh, you know, telling when a young child does not get that affection at home. It, it shows in other ways. It really does. And, yeah. you know, the best thing that you can do is just tell a kid, you know, not necessarily that they're special or that, you know, because I think all of us are special. I don't think that's helpful to them. Tell them that they're loved. Yeah. Tell them that they're important. good in their heart. That's what I always say to, to Noah and Asher. Sometimes they get in trouble, yeah. obviously. And I, and I don't mince words, and I'm the tough one. I'm the disciplinarian. Oh, you are? I'm the one that puts it down. Really? I oh, didn't yeah. see that. I didn't oh, see yeah. that one coming. My husband is a mush. Please, the wind will take you. He's like, whoa. <laughs> he looks okay. so serious in all his pictures. I figured he's the disciplinarian. No way. That guy turns into a ball of, like, oatmeal or like or a bowl of oatmeal he's so mushy but anyway um whenever they do something wrong i always say to them you're a good boy 
and I know it. You have a good heart and you have a good brain, but you made a bad choice. And now we have a chance to make it over again. Because if you tell them, you're a bad boy, you're, you know, they're going to think I am a bad boy. They're going to want to do bad things. Yeah, they are. You know? Because you're instilling in, in them. They don't know who they are yet. Yes. You're telling them who they are. And that's why I, I say that. And I read it somewhere. I forget where it was. I'm always reading like Me and you the, have all the gems. This is I'm a good t- episode. You Andrew, you so? missed it. Do you think so? I think so. so. Okay, I really I'm not like so. a run-on sentence right now, no. girl. Okay, because I started with like shampoo and toothpaste. And, now and here we are. You're telling psychology. me how I'm going to raise my children once they're here. No, but you know, we do, I just feel like it's important to share information like that. You may not be able to read the same things that I read. I don't even remember where I read it. Yeah. But I do remember reading at some point that you should never, ever berate a child or tell them that they're bad or that they're not a good person. Or that they're not wanted. Or that they're not wanted or they're not worthy. So if that's the tiniest little gem that yeah. I can give you guys today, you know, maybe take that with you. And hey, it even applies to your partner, you know? It does. People feel like, I don't know why people feel like, because we're adults things don't hurt or if you're a man or if you're a woman that like because you're a tough girl or you, you know i'm a tough woman like that things don't hurt me things hurt me so oh, they much sting. yeah they really really they really do let's just be mindful of, of the things we say to people and and how we make people feel absolutely well you made me feel great girl and, and i so promise i won't sabotage we had a breakthrough today my, i mean we did girl i'm taking them girl scout cookies stop playing with <laughs> okay. me i'll share my box of cookies with you next week we'll go back into Pause. the sauce i know I didn't even realize it. But uh, no, we'll be back again. And don't forget to um, subscribe and rate yeah. and uh, follow us on social media at Life Spanglish on Twitter and Instagram and give us five stars. We want to make sure, you know, we, we stay in the top, what is it, 200? Yes, we want to stay in the top 200 ever. forever and ever and ever. And also, um, if you guys have any questions, send them to us, life in Spanglish podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, next week we'll step into the salon. Andrew wasn't here to print it. That's okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.